0: Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to, black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good.
1: Of uh, Huma. What? Huma Abidin. Okay, we'll start with Matthew Weiner. Is that Matt? Oh, is his name Matthew Weiner? Why I think oh, it was no.
0: Anthony Weiner? Oh, is it Anthony Weiner? Anthony.
1: Oh, I thought it was Matthew
0: Weiner. Well, Pretty that's Canadian. another.
1: That's the guy that writes Mad Men, isn't it?
0: Yes, which is a great show. Don't <laughs> confuse these two men. Sorry, wiener. one is a genius. One's
1: a Weiner. A one, two. <laughs> Never mind. Pinky Anthony Weiner, yeah. Anthony Weiner, The man who is running, the odds man who's running for mayor of New York. New York. I know. Two years ago, he was had to confess when he was uh, a congressman. He had to quit being a congressman because he had to confess to taking pictures of his wiener, whatever, yep. mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sending them to p- p- women. Chicks on Twitter, right? Something like that. Or, yeah. Who does that? so Exactly. Oh so <laughs> yeah. now... There's a big press conference, you know, just recently. He does it again.
0: No. He does
1: it again. Oh, Admits to it like can. I admit it. I done this. And then he's standing wow. with his wife, Huma Abedin. Um, she's a
0: big deal too. She's, she's like a big aide for Hillary Clinton. Totally, but she was very Hillary smart, well respected. Yeah, exactly. there you go.
1: Exactly. She's a big deal. And she's married. And she was very quiet during the first admitting of the uh, the sex the Wiener scandal, the winner's Weiner scandal. Gotcha. She kept quiet. This time she came out and said, she said um, that she... Where's her quote? Anyway, she was completely standing by him, that they worked on it. I know. I know that um, it took a whole lot of therapy to get to a place where I could could forgive Anthony. It was not an easy choice in any way, but I made the decision that it was worse staying in the marriage. Do they have kids? Yes, they have a son. Yeah. So...
0: It's so I, I Whoa, thought, well, kids I thought, change are game changers, man.
1: I, I, you know I what? can't say,
0: I don't believe you should stay in an unhappy marriage because of kids, but I do. Like I, I, It's funny because my parents got divorced and I would always tell people who are un, in unhappy marriages before I had kids, right? I was mm-hmm. like, your kids are not stupid. They know you're unhappy. You're not doing them any favors by staying in an unhappy relationship. You're setting a bad example for them of what intimacy should be. Get out, get out, get out. And this was just being a kid whose parents got divorced. now, though that I'm in a relationship with kids, I cannot imagine what it would be like if Heidi and I broke up just be in which it, like it's fascinating to me how my position has shifted mm-hmm. as the parent versus being the kid whose parents got divorced, and it it's just I just think to myself, like, how does this work and, and I, I honestly think it's more. About me, just thinking about some other person being around my kids, raising my kids, Mm, some other person living in my home, some other person with my family, that's... That's heavy. That's a country song. Yes, it is. That's a country yes, song. Yes, it is. Yeah. Although, I not that that's really what you're saying, but... No, but I mean... But, but, so, go on. So, but, go on about so, this thing so here. So, I read this
1: interesting article in Psychology Today, okay. uh, written by uh, Jean Safer, PhD. Oh, wow. And she says, PhD. she said, like, people are going, why? You know, like, why, what, what staying is she with doing? Them. Why is she staying? How could she be? She's crazy. Is she crazy or is she just ambitious? And uh, the doctor says, I think I know why. I'll make this very brief. She goes, my patients do it, my own mother did it, and I myself, when I was younger, less comfortable in my own skin and far more desperate, did it too. Hmm. Women of all ages and at all stages of life, smart, capable, attractive, and otherwise assertive ones struggle with hidden depths of shame, insecurity, and grandiosity that drives them to debase themselves, to ignore what they know and to give the men they think they love and know they need second, third, and fourth chances
0: in a nutshell. So, I don't know. It, here's what's interesting about this is that I, I, I don't know if it's a black and white issue. So, if a spouse cheats, do you just leave and end the marriage? And, you know, it, it's, I, I don't think so. Um, I think it's originally, I would say if a partner cheats, usually, and it's not the right response, but usually there's a reason. Like, I I know this is going to sound crazy and all the women out there are going to go bananas, but I used to see a bunch of men cheating right after their wives had babies. Right. And I was like, what bastards, how could you be a bigger bastard? You know what I mean? You know? And then Heidi had a baby. And I'm a woman. So to me, I don't just, I can't just go out and sleep with someone. It's just not who I am. I, I'm not like, oh, hold on. I'm going to go out and just sleep with somebody and take I care. I must pleasure myself. But, but yeah, men, yeah, so. you know, And I respect they're just different than women that way. They think nothing of it. They can have meaningless sex. Jake, chime in anytime. <laughs> no, they can't. no, no, no. I can't. I know many men who do. I mean, you can, but it feels terrible. You're Afterwards. such a girl this way. I am. It's Cause so like, Because like most men I know, are just it's just sex. It's like getting a massage. Like they can go to mm-hmm. a stranger. Thanks for playing. See you later. Whereas with most women I know, there there is usually a, a connection. So. You know, the wife has the baby, she's feeling unattractive, she isn't interested in sex, things are whatever, where they, however they may be down there, she might be stitched up or whatever. Shop is, shop is closed for a little while, you know, she's going through postpartum, she's obsessed with the baby, and he becomes a complete and total afterthought. So now you have a guy that feels like he's lost his wife. And, you know, he hasn't had sex in probably, I don't know, months because it's like the last trimester and then the whole, the pregnancy and the, like maybe they're two or three months into it. And I think a lot of men feel displaced when that happens. And it's like, okay, well, I pay the bills and I provide the home, but there's no room for me because it's mommy and baby for right. a hot minute. And I lost my best friend. I lost my partner. And they they don't go to divorce, but they're like, well, I'm going to get laid. That's what I'm going to do for me. And I think instead of knowing what to do with those emotions – or how to manage them, or how to talk to their wives, because no one teaches people, especially men, how to be vulnerable and say, like, I miss you. I feel like you, you know, you, you, I'm misplaced, and I'm not on the radar. And, you know, no one teaches people how to deal with these emotions, especially, I think, many men, and they cheat. And then it's like if they get caught because they... Turned a trick or whatever. Turned turn a trick, like pick, you know, whatever. Went to a bar and got a, you know what? And the who knows? I don't think you end a marriage over that. I think it's like somebody needs to open up the lines of communication. Or the housewife that feels neglected for a hundred years and you know doesn't know how to tell the husband, but then somebody at her yoga class all of a sudden starts paying attention to her and thinking she's pretty, and yeah. then yeah, she's cheating. And I I find that a lot of times these things happen because there's a lack of communication in relationships, and there's a fear of vulnerability. Now, in this particular instance, this this Uma woman you're talking about, this guy has done this to her repeatedly.
1: Yeah, and in some, I mean, he's not even really. I I don't know if he's had an affair or not. That's but he almost yeah. doesn't have the balls.
0: <laughs> uh.
1: I shouldn't say that. To to if you're gonna do it, well, okay, just but this kind of. Take pictures of your of your private. That's different, sendos. though. That's a
0: whole nother ball game. That's a completely different it, psychology. It, boy. it sounds like he it has is. an yeah. issue, yeah. rather than, than you know if he's repeating that's this behavior. It's is an that's, issue. He's it a is. seriously destructive human being. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but that's like a massive cry for help. But I think you know why do women do it when the when the partner when the when the person cheats repeatedly? That's the question. Have you stayed? Stayed what? With a cheater.
1: I never, I never got a confirmation that it really happened, oh. so I would always doubt it. Mm. I always doubted it, and I doubted my my gut instincts about it. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, you know, it's all been kept, so I can't, I can't say I have
0: because I've never had the proof. You were able to deny it. I denied it when I was young, sure. and I was in a really bad relationship from like twenty to twenty seven. 26, um, that person cheated on me and then it it was like, Oh no, you know, I thought everything had changed. And then I came to find out that find out later that nothing had changed, but I did stay with a person who was horrible to me and I stayed because that person reminded me of my dad. Mm -hmm. And so it was me playing out this abusive pattern of thinking that, you know, when I got the right job or when I got prettier or thinner or whatever, I would be able to win that person over. That's why I had stayed, and it is based off of insecurity. Mm -hmm. I think we need to talk to some people about this. All right. Yeah, let's put in an email. Okay. Hold on.
1: So we are back, and uh, and Lauren... Has written uh, responded to the email to have a little chat with you about this particular topic.
0: So, Lauren, I got your email, and you said that you have stayed with a boyfriend who cheated. Are you still with him, or did you eventually break up?
2: Um, we eventually broke up. Actually, a couple times. <laughs> um, it was an on again, off again kind of thing, and sure. um, it was really it was really hard. Because both times um, I was sort of the other woman, so I knew what was going on, but the other person didn't, and so it made it extra hard
0: for me well oh, was this the kind um, of thing where like he told you he was leaving her and didn't
2: yeah he he said, oh yeah, you know she'll because the first time um, the other the other girl that he had been, he had been with her for a few years actually, and she was in a different state, and he's like she's He's going off to grad school, and it's over. I know she's gonna find. Yes, yeah, he's gonna find somebody else, and and I'm just staying for moral support, and it'll all be over soon. And over soon was two years later. <laughs>
0: uh, did he lie to you along the way and tell you that it was over? No, that's
2: that's the one thing that I that I will say is that he never lied to me once. He was like, yeah, no, it's I I don't know what's taking so long, and
0: right interesting and what and what made you what made you decide to stay with him?
2: for all of that, he was actually really kind to me
1: interesting
2: he, he had sort of um and he was his actually he was my first boyfriend um and my only boyfriend to date, and he had sort of made me feel like no one else had made me feel like he approached me and he was like. I think you're really cool, and he you know sort of boosted my self esteem and you know did nice things for me and and was very caring that right. aside and I know that sounds kind of weird, but
0: <laughs> no, it um, doesn't i I think that i I think that a lot of times in these kinds of relationships, we're in love with these people, and they they do something for us that's a friend of mine who stayed. And it was in a very similar situation to what actually what you're going through um, mm-hmm. the guy had said that he was divorcing his wife, and oh. she came to find out that uh-uh he he wasn't or he was lying about it, and she found out and left him and then later she just you know <laughs> missed him missed him, missed him, oh my god, nothing compared then they got back and he's like no i'm really divorcing my wife and found out again after like a year that he was not in fact divorcing his wife and this time I believe she's going to leave but this man had all these qualities that she really loved and it was she was in love with him and I think that's just you want to believe you want you're so in love with that person you want to believe that they're going to leave or they're going to stop or they're going to, to stay to stay yeah. yeah like i i think and i do think that there's that part of you like what i went through where you feel like if you get to be good enough did you ever feel on any level like if you were good enough or better on some level that he would eventually end it
2: oh my goodness yes like i
0: yeah. i tried
2: so hard all the time i was like if i just you know if i am just there more if i just Right, you know, yeah. say I love you more if I just like if this... I just give give him more, then maybe he'll then maybe she'll go yeah. away.
0: This is I'm telling you, this is the theme, Janice, because I've seen it in my life, I've seen it with my friends. We're talking about it right now, I, and I, and it's almost what's in your article, and I think it's something that harkens back as as the article says to like a deep seated insecurity that's historical. Where, you know, for me, it was like if I could just be good enough for this person, I would win them over. But it was really me ultimately winning over my dad, winning over his approval, which, of course, never happens because it's not it's not about you. It's about the other person and their reason for carrying on. Uh, multiple relationships, cheating, and what have you, which always, in my opinion or experience, has, has to do with their own intimacy issues, mm-hmm. their fear of intimacy, their fear of vulnerability. But I think for the person that stays, it definitely plays into us thinking that we're going to be good enough to save them or help them or win them over or you know have them fall completely in love. And, and I think it's a historical deep-rooted insecurity that makes us today. Oh, yeah. That's sure. what I think.
1: No, that's, <laughs> and that's interesting too, because maybe in, in this conversation that we're having too, what made me realize is that no matter what, uh, how powerful of a person you are, uh, the matters of the heart mm-hmm. is your button.
0: Matters of the heart oh, sure. is
1: your most, probably your most vulnerable button of all. Because it, we
0: play it, out those. Old old dynamics that we have with our parents in those relationships, yeah, yep. and that, and so yeah. the things that aren't healed or are unresolved will always get played out in our romantic relationships. Which is where you're going to see this woman so powerful. We're talking about this the lady Huma Ooh. Abedin, who's yep. uh, married to Anthony Weiner, and mm-hmm. she, you know, here she is. She's so powerful, so successful, so intelligent, so well respected. I guarantee you, this guy is triggering. Just as it said some some Something. deep insecurity in her and, and no, it's, it's yeah.
1: fascinating
0: well, thank you so much for <sighs> Thanks, sharing Lauren. your story, buddy. really appreciate it
2: oh anytime i I'm so thrilled that you called me
0: well well, thank you we we really appreciate you being so personal and forthcoming. Oh absolutely have a great day thank Bye, you Lauren. you too ultimately, I realize that after you've been hurt once, right. I do think look at the situation and see if it can be resolved. If it's like, well, you know, I felt often it's like the partner feels neglected. And instead of being able to say, I feel neglected, I feel vulnerable. I feel X, Y, or Z, they go and they have an affair. I think that can be worked through. I really do. I don't think you throw relationships away over things like that if they're fundamentally good. If it's something that reoccurs and it's a pattern and it happens over and over and it's part of the other person's pathology yes or issues then you got to say okay how is this part of my issues what am i playing out here how is this destructive appreciate that you're not going to be able to change them and and then you got to leave ultimately yeah, yeah. oh man Heavy. well you picked the topic it wasn't me well i was really i was just in, having you. my lunch with whom
1: are you <laughs> I know. My I had I tuna I'm there my lunch. tuna sangawich is. you brought it up. Okay. Well, I don't know what I found. All right. Well, we'll be back with uh, we'll be back with something snappy. That's what We'll be back with. Uh, do not eat that black bean so close to the microphone. That sounds disgusting. song i like now by the guy who used to be hootie
0: sounds like the 50s Darius Darius Rucker
1: he's got a great new country song out yeah. rock me uh, gently or something reminds me of the days when i used to two step
0: mm-hmm.
1: when i used to drink beer and two step oh god I miss those days
0: queers and cowboys that sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs>
1: have you ever two stepped have you ever gone down have you ever, do you know how to have you done that
0: Two step? No, Janice. Oh, that's
1: fantastic.
0: Because number one, it's two thousand and four. What year have
1: you been to the country <laughs> bar? What 30. do you mean? It's not Two thousand and thirteen, like Janice doesn't mean it. People two step all the time. I'll teach you. You probably are. You're probably a terrible partner, though.
0: I don't want to go two stepping with you.
1: <laughs> I'll ya. I bet you you're no. But I mean, I don't mean you're a terrible partner. But I think you'd be a terrible dance partner because I think you'd be too controlling. And you try and push me around when I'm trying to lead and be like, No, no, no. And I go, No, Jillian, I know how to two step and you'd be like stomping on my feet. Show
0: me. Autumn, would you please two step with Janice? <laughs> no one dances like that, honey, since nineteen fifty four.
1: Why don't you get your ass to a country bar and you see you see people twirling around the room. You know, you gotta get out. You gotta get out of this uh Thinking that you got to go to the bars with the neon necklaces, you should branch about? out. I've seen the pictures of you on necklaces? the t- on the post stuff on the when you and Heidi go out to the whenever you go out and you go to the. You gotta live a little. What the hell are we talking about? I don't know. Is this a segment? Are we <laughs> What are we show? talking about? All I'm saying is, I think you got to branch out a bit, Jillian. I there think you're go. you've gotten too. Um, Narrow in your uh, in your social. You gotta get out. Okay. I think you? You, I think you'd look good in a little gingham skirt and American boy boots. <laughs> a little with a little cut off shirt. <laughs> and a little, a little, She's just laughing and
0: a little and all cur- by herself. She just. No one's laughing, you know. Everybody, everybody who's listening's not laughing. Jake's not laughing. No, but I can. I'm not laughing. Do you think Autumn's not laughing? In a little short skirt, with cowboy boots, it it just cracks itself up over there all by itself. (laughs) Seriously,
1: all by itself, it just makes itself laugh. You see her and
0: Heidi at a country. Reminds me of my three year old when you like when she just starts talking to herself. (laughs) Hi, hi. (laughs) Yeah, Do you know, sometimes I'll like, go in a room in the morning and find her just having conversations with no one. Hi, yeah.
1: hi. I yeah, like Janice. That's, that's the part person. of that's the part of celebrity that's that I feel bad for you. I, I, I because um, I don't. I support. I'm. i I think it's fantastic the successes you've had. Uh, However, yeah. I feel your celebrity, uh-huh. as in a general statement, has taken you out of the human race slightly. That's my opinion. Right? Out of the human race. Out of not the human race, but out of the. Oh, um, this is a significant statement. No, out of out of you because you you have to become more sheltered, oh. so you don't go like. How about going to a little um, a little uh, country bar? I've been when
0: we were in Tennessee, shooting, losing it. I went to a country bar. Did you dance? I don't remember. <laughs> I was definitely imbibed. You did it right. Uh, yeah, exactly. What the hell? Okay. I did a whole segment here on ugh, injury preventing warm ups, and what <laughs> happened? <laughs> you, you just, dance. you yeah, just exactly uh, hijacked it. Well, we... and I mean, I, oh man. Okay. Now you do. Now do it. Then. All right. So, one of my little contestants the other day. Yep. Didn't want to work out, or she did, but she was just like, her hip was bothering her, and we were on the treadmill, and she kept saying, I'm going to get off and stretch it. I'm going to get off and stretch it, and I was like, that's not, that's not going to do anything. Try to pay attention. Static stretching during a workout does nothing, absolutely nothing. If anything, it's actually weakening the muscle because it's a form of contraction, like a dynamic stretch, like toy soldiers and toe taps and things of that nature where you slowly go through the range of motion is a better warm-up cardio is a good warm-up which is what we were doing but a static stretch isn't going to do anything and if you have a tight muscle to be truthful one of the best things that you can do pre and post workout is the foam roll foam roll oh, is man. i know but it's just it's like the it's the best thing you should be doing and yeah. uh, essentially it's like doing what we call myofascial release or it's a form of massage And there have been study after study that suggests 10 to 15 minutes of massage will do the best uh, pre- and post-workout to help you loosen up the muscles and to help muscles recover from a strenuous workout. Now, foam rollers, uh, any gym is going to have one. Um, You can buy them online for like $10. bucks. we have talked about them before. Um, It really, really helps, obviously, with tight muscles and connective tissue. But it is painful. Yeah. So you you got to be prepared. <laughs> and quite honestly, the more painful it is when you're rolling, the more that muscle needs to be foam rolled. So mm-hmm. people I've seen people do it and they go, "Oh no, it hurts." And I'm like, "But that all the more that's the point. The point is it hurts, so you need to do more of it." And just some simple guidelines here. You want to work the foam roller back and forth over the muscle for a minimum of 30 seconds. Minimum And if you find a spot where it's really tender, you want to pause on it for like five to ten seconds. Let it, just let it. uh Uh, Yeah, Yeah. for me, it's always my IT band. It just is absolutely brutal. Um, Another thing you can do if you're in a pinch is use a tennis ball. Mm -hmm. Have you seen people roll on a Mm -hmm. tennis ball? or
1: lie on it. Yeah, lie on the spot.
0: Exactly. So a couple of things like a hamstring roll. And what you would do is you basically place a foam roller under your knee. So let's say it's your right leg. Put it under your right knee and your leg is straight. And then you would cross your left leg over your right ankle. Does that make sense? So your legs are extended and you cross at the ankles. This way all your weight is going to be on that right leg. You know, you put your hands on the ground and then you roll your body back and forth. Essentially until it reaches your glute. So from the back of the knee until your glute. And then when you do a glute roll, and this one I do use a tennis ball for. So you get in sort of what we call a piriformis stretch, right? So basically you would cross your right leg over your left thigh. So you take your ankle and cross it over the knee pretty much, right? So you get in that little piriformis stretch. And then you put the side of your glute either on the foam roll and you roll it out or on a tennis ball. And 30 seconds to a minute, I go for a little bit, I actually go for about a minute. And the pausing where you feel the pain and freeze, it's always going to get right in the side of that glute, your piriformis. I T-band, this is big for me, and a lot of runners get this. Um, You may notice, have you ever noticed maybe you have a leg that appears longer than another? Mm -hmm. Or like if you were to uh, go into a hamstring stretch and you look down and one ankle is below the other ankle and you think you have a leg that's longer than another, you don't. Your hips have been shifted. And this can cause iliotibial band pain. So that's the connective tissue that runs from the hip down through the knee. Uh, What you want to do is roll that out, obviously. So basically, you lay on your side, and then you cross your left leg over your right again. So you put all that weight onto the one leg, and then you're kind of on your elbow as though you were in a side plank. Does that make sense? And you start at the top of the hip, and you roll it all the way down to the knee. And it really helps. I do this before I run, and it helps so much because when that connective tissue between the hip and the knee is tight, it can cause a lot of knee pain. It's brutal. And if you did have Half a leg a little too.
1: Bit sh- shorter than the other, then you'd have to change your name to Eileen. Ha ha ha! I've been waiting to say. I wouldn't wait for you to stop talking just so I can say that, Eileen. Where did we find her? Okay, what's the next tip? Hang on, what's the next part of body part (laughs) that you want to roll out? (laughs) Do some more. I'm so sorry. I just I was so excited to do that.
0: Go ahead, Eileen. (laughs) I think I'm done. I had a groin roll, the shoulder blade roll. No, do the groin roll. I don't want to do that anymore now. No, but uh, seriously, how would you do that? You lay face down on the floor. You place a foam roller parallel to your body, then you put your elbows on the floor for support, and you position your right thigh so that it's perpendicular to your body with the inner thigh portion just above the level of your knee resting on the top of the roller, and then you roll your body towards the right until the roller reaches your pelvis and then back
1: oh, I, I don't i don't I don't see that at all, but you go ahead, I'm sure somebody out there understood what you just said.
0: Because the groin is in the middle. You lay next to the foam roller. You bring your knee up so that it's perpendicular to your body. And you place the knee on the foam roller. And then you roll, oh, you roll I got you, front the inside. to back there. And big,
1: I got it now. Uh,
0: you know, all you ever want are these snappy segments. And then I give them to you and then you just ruin them.
1: Well, it's just, they're such good fodder for but me to okay. ruin. That's Did you have
0: another one after the groin? No, I'm done. I've had it. I don't even want to talk to you anymore.
1: Well, all right, Eileen. And Danielle would like to have a word with you.
3: Hello, Danielle. Hello, Jillian. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Okay, well, my question, actually, I have to start first by saying thank you. Because with the help of your DVDs, your books, your podcasts, I have had the information I've needed to help me lose 50, over 50 pounds since January. That's and great. I am so thankful. Oh, Lou for
0: you. just blew you a kiss. She's so happy. That's awesome, buddy. Good for you.
3: Thank you. Um, so yeah. So with that, it leads me to my question of how do you know when you've lost enough weight, or even like when we're really at the right weight for our body frame?
0: I always say that it's about numbers, but not numbers okay. on the scale. Um, go get a checkup. Right check your cholesterol, check your blood sugar, check your blood pressure. If you get a clean bill of health from your doctor, then honestly, it's a matter of aesthetics. Just because you might be in a size six jeans and you wish you were in a two, by the way, I know plenty of women in a two that wish they had the curves to be in a six. You know, that has nothing to do with your health. That's a matter of aesthetic. So that's that's always, in my opinion, The absolute best true barometer for what's healthy and what isn't. And have you done that? I have
3: not. I have not done that. Um, So that's actually really good information.
0: See? Now, why do you... Okay, having lost this weight, what does your gut tell you? Do you feel like you need to lose more? Yes,
3: I do. Like, I feel how I will... From reading your books, obviously, Slim for Life taught me that you need to set, you know, come up with a goal. So with my goal, I didn't want to do a vanity goal. So I went off of a body chart I had found. Okay. And I'm large framed. Okay. So I'm I'm a large, you know, large framed. I'm 5'6". Okay. And... Off of that, it told me I should weigh anywhere from 140 pounds okay. to 159 pounds. All right. That sounds
0: so, reasonable.
3: And that's what I thought. So I picked 160 as yeah, my goal. Yeah, I was going ended- to say,
0: 160 at 5'6". I've met a lot of girls at 5'6". Who were real healthy at 160. I think Danny okay, well, came in around. She We settled her at about 160. And I, I think she was... That was it. You know what I mean? She was okay. Yeah, we brought her in a little thinner than that for the finale, but it, it okay. was too too thin. She 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 settled around one fifty five, I think. Yeah, so her body okay. definitely was different from. She was yeah. a bodybuilder, that kid. But yeah, okay. Yes. And but but and uh, are you not there? And, or? and I
3: haven't reached my goal. Okay. I'm still nine, I'm nine pounds away, but looking at nine pounds and seeing, like, I still think I could go lower or I want to try to push for that 140 mark.
0: All right, but that is is a matter of aesthetics, though, just so you understand, because I guarantee if you went to the doctor right now, I bet you'd have a really clean bill of health. So with that said, um, uh, it, it becomes, you need to appreciate that this is just simply like your personal preference. You understand? Okay. And not And not health. Yep. Uh, and I would not go, gosh, I wouldn't go any lower than 140. That's for sure. Okay. And and if you're starting to feel like you're miserable and you're looking sallow and you know, you're tired all the time, that's when your body's saying, like, I need more food. This is too thin for me. And you got to listen. Okay. Listen to how you're feeling. But I think it's really confusing for a lot of people, and they think that there should be a number on the scale but there really shouldn't. There should be numbers at the doctor's office, and that's what matters. And the rest of it is personal preference.
3: Okay. All right, buddy? Okay, lot, cause what, will my again, One last question. Will I eventually stop losing weight? Because I haven't hit a plateau. I still have just constantly lost weight, like one pound a week. Will that eventually stop when I when I hit, like, where my body says I should be or just go off basically, like... When you get to
0: that vanity pound number, yeah, it'll probably start to slow down, and that's when it gets a little tougher. I'm I'm willing to bet you that when you get to about 150, your body throws on the Uh brakes, most likely. Okay, I'll... And when it does, you should listen. Like, my body throws on the brakes at 117. No matter what, I can eat a ton of food and I stay at 117, I can eat, like perfectly in workout all the time and I stay at 117. My body really likes to be at 117. And your body will kind of tell you like, I feel good here. I'm healthy here. And when those doctor's numbers check out, that's what matters the most.
3: Okay, perfect.
0: I thank you so much. That is so helpful. All right, buddy. Have a great day. You out there, I want to know, have you ever thought about a career as a fitness trainer? Well, if it's something that you're thinking about, the first step you should take would be to check into the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Certified personal trainers are in high demand right now, and the National Academy of Sports Medicine will help make your dreams come true. These guys guarantee that you'll land a job within 90 days of earning your certification, or they'll give you your money back. You can get started right now with a free 14-day sneak peek of their fast, fun, and really easy online program. You can earn great money in a career that you love by just taking that first step. Go to usatrainer.com. That's usatrainer.com. usatrainer.com. Check it out.
1: All right, we are back, and the uh, four would like to have a word with you. Okay, buddy, what's going on? Okay, so uh all right,
4: so the thing is is that growing up, I was always told I was ugly, and oh it's something I'm thirty now, and I'm still struggling with it, and I want to be able to like I turn thirty and'm I'm, I'm trying to live my life and I try to want to accept myself and it's it's been hard. well, I'm sure who who said those things to you? Family, um, kids at school, it was hard. Like, it, like, not until this year, my mom finally was like, "Laura, You're finally starting to look pretty. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm 30 years old. That- so it's been hard. But I'm trying to. My friends always are trying to tell me I'm pretty. And it's just, it's a whole, like, in the back of the head type demon thing. Yeah, they're I lying to you for, and they're just trying to make you feel better. That's the type of thing.
0: It's funny that you would think they were lying to you when they told you you were pretty, but you would think they were telling you the truth when they told you you weren't.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Like I know that I'm, I'm hoping they're honest, but back in my head, it's like childhood. Sure, it is. Where right? I, it's hard to believe.
0: Right, of course. All right, so so let's play a silly game. What is your <laughs> watch? What is your question?
4: What. Well, myself and
0: see that i'm beautiful because i just don't see it yeah okay um you know this is way more complicated unfortunately um and and is far more deep and complex than uh we could of course resolve on a phone call you know we're not going to end this phone call and you're going to go oh my god i'm a supermodel but you know what i can tell you is that When people say things like you're ugly or, you know, they make comments, statements, attacks, it's always a projection of what they're feeling on the inside. You know what I mean? Um, I I know exactly what you mean. And and so while it's very easy to tell you, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, that you're – Parents were feeling about themselves. This had nothing to do with you, um, you know. And and even for you to go back in time and do your work uh, about your parents yeah. and understand, you know, not what made it, not to accept it, um, but to understand why they said it, so that you would appreciate that it wasn't yours to own. You know that it was about mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah. But even when. You can understand that on an intellectual yeah. level. Even when our mm-hmm. feelings are not rational, they're still yeah. they're still real. And they are still, they're our still
4: emotional, like like it was like of course when I was a kid and preteen, it's like it's that age where you are most vulnerable. Yeah. I think
0: too. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, yes. sweetie, what you have to do is is you've gotta get into some counseling and you've gotta work on <laughs> Unfortunately, looking at the reasons that your parents would say these things to you, and my, it wasn't primarily
4: my parents. It was more like my my older sibling and my younger siblings and the kids at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: okay. and, and,
4: and saying things to me. Just they're okay.
0: Kids are mean, and kids feel insecure, and kids feel out of control. And yeah. to gain a sense of control, they feel like if they can <laughs> bully somebody or make them feel small, that it will yeah. make them feel bigger. And mm-hmm. that's why they do it. Uh, but ultimately, this is something that you you have to work through and try to understand. Yeah. And then over time, as you begin to do yeah. things for yourself, mm-hmm. that illustrate a sense of value, even if it's something as simple as going to the gym or getting a manicure pedicure or taking uh, a class in in a subject matter like photography or fencing. And I say fencing because I decided I wanted to take fencing lessons the other day. Something that you've always (laughs) wanted to do, right? If you... Well, I've done those
4: things. I mean, like, I've landed on a parachute a few times and trapezing.
0: It's... The idea is to do things... That you love, something you're passionate about, to coddle yourself, yeah. to baby yourself, to nurture yourself, to be sweet yeah. and kind to yourself the way you would to a friend who's hurting or uh, or your child or yeah. your niece or your nephew. And over time, yeah. you begin to rebuild your self-worth and your self-esteem. Yeah. You begin... Yeah, it's, it, it's- to get in healthier relationships with people who value you, but it, it's not something that happens overnight and you need to go back yeah. and really work through no. that time in your life. So you can appreciate that instead of internalizing mm-hmm. other people's insecurities, mm-hmm. you identify them, give them back and move forward. If that makes any sense.
4: It to- I mean, it totally it, it really makes sense. Like I know, I I know like it's their insecurities but it's still like that hard like balance of knowing and being able to be like it's to walk away from it, I guess, or something like that.
0: I know, but but in, in yeah. a way, right now my best advice to you other than counseling is I yeah. want you to do the whole fake it till you make it thing. I want you to. Oh, hey, I Lord. want you to treat yourself like you're beautiful and you're special and you're worthy mm-hmm. and you respect yourself mm-hmm. and over time, mm-hmm. yeah, this will take root. But it, it 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 is going to be over time and and I very, yeah. very very strongly recommend that you get into some counseling to work this stuff through. Uh, all I'm right, so or, glad I got to talk to you. All right, sweetie, have a great day. You too. Okay, bye. All right, bye. There's some old, old hurt in there, eh? Yeah. That stuff, that kind of history, it's... it's so tough to break. Yeah. I mean, it's so tough to break. I think the only way you deal with things like that is to I, to recognize them when they come up. And to go, okay, you know, here's my stuff again. I know where it comes from. I know from a logical perspective it's not real. And then overcompensate. Like, Mm. all right, today I'm going to be extra special loving to myself and create an antidote behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. Well, we we should go. We should go. I know. On that note, we should go and do something nice for ourselves today. And
1: do something nice for ourselves. Yeah. I think that would be nice.
0: All right. All right. Even people like you should do something nice for themselves, Jean.